Can you lend me a jar of What love? are you doing? Stop. What's up, folks? It's another edition. It's hitting the high notes, Jazz Talk. Uh, it is I. I am here. It is Who Trans Superman. That's uh, at Who Trans Superman, H U U T R A N Superman. On the Twitter and the IG, I'm Who Tran. Uh, we are waiting for him. Uh, Mr. Gozadis is 49. He'll be here eventually, probably. But we still have the Dragon Squatch himself. Mr. Dragon Squatch, uh, what's up, Logan? I'm doing well. Sorry if I if I appear a little distracted to hear my keyboard in the back, background. I've been told that I need to... Uh, I've been furiously investing all night in uh, Jinkos, uh, Hollywood <laughs> Video, and uh, Charleston Shoes. So uh, <laughs> I, I'll, I'll try to mute, mute my phone when I'm typing, but uh, yeah. the, the, the Reddit here... Redditeers told me to so go to go to Dragon Squatch's um, uh, uh, Robin Hood leak, folks. So, um, and then we have our special guest, um, uh, my friend Pied- and Susie yours. What was that, Logan? Pied Piper. Pied Piper. <laughs> uh, my friend, soon to be yours, Mr. Hema Hemuli from KSLSports.com. If you smell what the rock is cooking. Finally, after 14 long years, the Jazz are back at the number one spot. 14 years? Yeah. Ooh, I, fa- I found that stat out. We can talk a little bit about that. Right. Um, yeah, it's nice to ta- chat with you guys. Uh, yeah, for those of you listening, I'm Hemahe Muli, uh, first time uh, potter on the podcast, so I want you guys to be Nice and gentle with me, you know, warm <laughs> me up a little bit before uh, we go to town on this jazz business. <laughs> we, so, we do not go to town here. Some, something nice, something romantic, not just a spit in the palm of the hand. And, yeah. yeah. <laughs> you know, if it self warms, that'd be better. I put yeah. it uh, I, I, I'm going to say, it's actually from KSL Sports at KSLSports.com. I, I don't know why I threw the .com, but KSL Sports. Hey, hey, William. Uh, this is okay. We, we can use your real name on this pod. Sure. Certain other pods, um, uh, we have to do acronym or not acronyms, uh, uh, aliases um, uh, to get in. So, um, so first of all, like let's 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 not beat around the bush. Um, uh, tonight we record Wednesday <laughs> night. The Jazz um, uh, get a victory, uh, an astounding you know victory. No Donovan, no problem because uh, they have um, uh, JC, um, uh, the second coming himself. Um, yeah. And um, uh, you know they're a perfect ten, guys. The Jazz are a perfect ten. Um, uh, that's not, that can be anything. That can be a bowling website. But um, uh, cue Ty Dillinger's music. Ten wins in a row. That's that's pretty big. Uh, well, Hema, you're you're the guesser, so you've done. You know, again, you, you got the research. Fourteen years, ten wins. Like did the Jazz get? I feel like the Jazz got close to ten wins last year in a, in a row. So yeah, so the uh, the the actual statistic that I brought up is uh, in December two thousand and six. It was the last time that the Jazz were number one in the West. Um, that's that's Darren Williams, Boozer, Okur. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And uh, yeah, it's just I couldn't believe it's been that long. And then again, like I looked, I like thought about it for a little bit, and like, oh yeah, it's probably been forever since the Jazz <laughs> were number one. <laughs> but um, yeah, I, after ten wins, um, I can't believe it, honestly. Were you guys worried about this Mavericks game or not really? Not having Donovan Mitchell, not having uh, Well, I worry is such because I don't worry about the Jazz. Like, I'm like they lose, they lose yeah, yeah. Like, regardless, like I'm, uh, my mood probably doesn't change that much. Logan, what about you? 
No, I mean uh, when you when you hear the Don's out, it gives you a little bit a little bit of cause to pause. But I thought everyone else rallies and their su- rallies and doesn't lose and their superstars are out. So why can't we do the same? So mm-hmm. I don't know the whole the whole I, you can't, I can't really even quantify it. It's not like there's some schematic thing or or it's just there's there's a just a good bit of mojo going around and it just seems it doesn't feel like we're ever going to lose. So you know it is what it is. This this feels sort of like um because uh, like last year was because the Jazz had win streaks last year. But they were also followed up by big losing streaks too, right? Like they would go like win seven in a row, but then they lost five in a row. Then they would go win a couple, and they had another five game win streak. But then they would go lose another five. So last year was really weird. But um, uh, just two or three. I mean, the, well, three years ago, the Jazz, three or four years ago now, the Jazz had that twenty game win streak or whatever it was, mm-hmm. and, and the Jazz have had um. Uh, um favorable schedules at some points in the year where they rattled off quite a few in the row, but still, this this feels different, doesn't it? This this team feels different than it has in the past four years. Yeah, um, it, it definitely definitely feels different. I mean, I think that, that like you said, there was some soft underbelly of the schedule, which they still won those games. But I mean, they've really been they've really been putting it to the teams they're supposed to after that Knicks loss the first time. They really. I don't know. They're, they're doing the things they're not supposed to. They're doing things they haven't done in the past, and that was just the, the games we thought they would lose. Previously, they've they've somehow found a way to get back in it. Um, I think that the uh, the Knicks game was a good example of that. They had a strong second half, and who was the other? What was the other one? It was the second. It was the second game of that New Orleans game. Mm-hmm. Um, like I said, it's hard to beat the same team twice, and they go up by sixteen. I'm like, okay, you know, New Orleans is going to get theirs. You know, again, cliche, hard to beat the same team twice, but then all of a sudden they just they just flipped it. I just flipped it, and that's all. That's all there was to it. And it was just. It was. There was no doubt at that point. So, uh, I, I, I think you guys are right. I think you hit the nail on the head. The feeling is that this Jazz team is unbeatable, right? Like knock on wood. Um, but it just feels that way. And I think wrong. Um, He's never gonna lose, Hema. All right. Never. It. I mean, it feels. <laughs> it feels that way because, like, you know, the sign of a team taking the next step, you know, season after season is. Like you guys said, you know, they're doing things that they, they should be doing or they've done or they're doing things that they they haven't necessarily done before. And that's uh, winning a game, you know, from behind or winning a game um, that they normally would lose um, or just gutting out a win that they really had no business of like gutting out that way. And um, I think the Jazz, that's what they're doing. Um, and but I want to ask you guys, what do you think is the main reason? that that is happening this season. Um, so, Hema, you actually uh, misspoke because um, uh, this is actually your second time on the podcast. Um, uh, we actually did a crossover with um, uh, uh, Sports Beat After Hours. Um, uh, we oh, were, yeah, yeah, yeah. That, yeah. And that was like our off-season last year. So this is before Logan was, uh, uh, you know, a regular host on the podcast. And if you guys remember, I kept saying things like, you know, it might take a year. You know, this this team is yeah. uh, two, uh, a year away. Like they got Boyan and they got Mike in year one. They needed, you know, they needed another year to be able to add more pieces, and they did. The Jazz did. Um, and maybe maybe it just was they just needed. Like last year was a weird year. Last year I, I can't put my finger on what went wrong. Was their chemistry off, or was it just injuries? And I don't know. Logan, any thoughts about like why last year was so weird? Um, I, I well. Everything you said, I second that. The, the chemistry was funky. The season was funky. There was a lot of weird stuff that happened. But if I could, if you had to ask me, him for one, the one thing that's different this year, it's Mike Connell. Is there, in, in my perspective, not just his play, but there's there's these little subtle things he does throughout the game. Where I just, in, in my note, note notes, almost every single game, he, he makes a, a 
a play here or there. And he's just this calming force that I think is translating on the court. And I also, I mean, the locker room stuff, they seem to be getting along a lot better this year, which I think some of that may be beneficial from the bubble stuff. I think that they, there was some, I think there was a little more separation until the bubble happened. To be honest, we, 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 we joked, I was one very quick to joke about the Rudy Don stuff often. And that was even before the COVID, before they gave the world COVID. Um, but I, I, I do think the bubble brought them back together. And in spite of all the, all, all the stuff they did, they kind of had to hunker down together. But as far as on the court this year, I really think it's, I think it's Mike Conley. I think he's the difference maker. He understands and fits in better, but he's just, he makes these little plays all the time, just subtle things that he does. And it's like, okay, this is the guy like when Donovan just has a, a weird funky stretch. Okay. Put it in Mike's hand for a second. And he just handles it. Mm-hmm. And the second unit, I mean, obviously JC has been great with the second unit, but when they mix Connolly in there and stuff, his meshing with Gobert is keeping Gobert happy, which I think was a huge part of what maybe some of Gobert's dissatisfaction was the start of last year. So it's not all Conley, but if I had to pick one thing, top of my list is Mike Conley. Yeah. I, um, go ahead, Emma. Sorry. Oh, no, sorry. I, I totally agree. I totally agree. I think uh, I just want to, like, disclose that, you know, after last season, I thought, you know, maybe Mike Connolly's best years were kind of behind him. I <laughs> honestly said that. and I And it was mostly because – you know, he just – you could see what the Jazz were trying to do, bringing in Mike Conley, working with Rudy Gobert, and it just wasn't quite there. And it didn't – it all it didn't always seem that Mike was going to get there, right? And I'm talking like um, when he, you know, floats it up um, to, to Rudy or if he chooses to float it into the basket. Like he was just like slightly off, right? And so as time went on, I was like, you know what, maybe Mike Conley's like not the Maybe he just his best years are behind him. This year he proved me wrong, absolutely wrong. He he's healthy. He looks quick. He looks fast. He looks like he's reading quickly too. And it's it's been a revelation. And I absolutely agree. I think Mike Conley is 100% the reason why the Jazz are are doing better. Like he's not the only reason, but because he's performing so well, it opens up the possibility of everyone else performing well also. Right, so um, uh, this is him apologizing to Mike. Mike, if you're listening, um, uh, we we need you to be like George Yang and unblock Hema from Twitter, please. <laughs> All right, <laughs> please, uh, please. Right, so get, so Logan, get, you got get get John Amici to unblock him too. Right? <laughs> <laughs> oh, John Amici, that's my English actor. Um, Logan, you you have a notebook. You you have notes from the games. So in this tent, so what happened was that you know the Jazz lose to the Knicks. I, I want to say Donovan or somebody said, you know, that, that loss to the Knicks, like, was eye-opening, you know? Like, I'm a, we talk about good losses, right? Like, the Jazz count that as a good loss, whether it's, you know, player, speaker, whatever. They said it was a good loss because it, it showed them, hey, we need to be able to do this. And so it feels like after that game, they turned up the level. So that 10-game win streak, Logan, what, um, which game do you think was, like, the most important win or the biggest win? Ah, the 10 game. I got to flip through my notebook now. I, I, off the top of my head, I mean, Milwaukee got it started, or did did Milwaukee get it started? Uh, it was right there in the beginning. You're right. Milwaukee was right there. It might have yeah, been. It was, it, it was Milwaukee because it was next to Milwaukee. But I think that I think the best win for us is, was the Nuggets win. I think that fits Hamma's narrative. Of a game it felt like we didn't really have a lot of business winning, and we we managed mm-hmm. to pull it out against a good team. We had right. some gnar- had some gnarly uh, flashbacks in the first half, but seemed to level it out in the second and finally find an answer. Or, right, Mr. Uh, Mr. Murray. Yeah, uh, have like uh, like I asked you this after the the Warriors game, right? After the Jazz went out forty points in the fourth quarter. Yeah. Um, 
And then so we've had the Warriors game, we've had the Mavericks game, we had whatever, or the New York, the, the Knicks game. Do any of those games them feel as important as that Denver game? Um, to me, uh, the Denver game is really important. I guess it, I don't know. It's hard. It depends on what your definition of important was, right? I mean, I'd say the Bucks just because like it got it all started, it got things rolling, but also, um, you know, after dropping two straight games, punching the freak in the mouth is a big, big win for the for the morale of the team and for the perception of the fans of the team. And so my answer will probably change tomorrow. What the most important <laughs> I mean, was. And, and let's not, um, uh, so you got, you guys are both wrong. We're all wrong. It was, <laughs> it was the Warriors game because the third unit played like trash, which showed us our, our gnarly underbelly, which is the third stringers. <laughs> and we're never going to get back. If we ever have to play that third unit, we are, Oh we are, man, we like, are bleeped. I wrote, I wrote a third string in my notebook because I do want to circle back to that. So, but, yeah. Um, yeah, because like so, there's there's also the two or three come behind victories. So that that Pelicans one that Logan mentioned earlier, right? Like, mm-hmm. you know, getting getting pushed about the in the first quarter, and just kind of like about from the second quarter on, like the Jazz were in control. The, the Jazz went down 16 in the first half or first quarter and led at halftime, which is crazy. That New York team, I I, uh, I didn't see the New York game. I didn't get to watch it, but um, I I just you know when you got on Twitter after two or three hours. And you have to read, tw- you know, tweets in out of order, and you know it was like, oh my god, we're losing to the. I can't believe we lost to the Knicks. And I'm like, the game's still going. Like it's, it's third quarter. Like, and I'm reading tweets from halftime, you know. Um, but that was a pretty big like comeback, and uh, I didn't get to watch it, but I I, I assumed that was a really good uh, comeback victory. Like the Jazz show a lot of poise, and yeah, this. I I'm, I'm the too low too low guy, right? Like I'm always the one that's really low on the Jazz, and we are going to talk about things that worry about us in a second. Um, and I'm trying not to get too low, you know, not never too high, never too low. Um, but yeah, I'm trying to get convinced, like, am I crazy? Should I be on board? Should, 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 you know, like, I think Jared had already has, um, uh, uh, his seat for the parade route, um, planned out. Um, <laughs> should I be on board? Cause I'm, uh, I'm not, I don't know um, uh, what team the, will the jazz have a problem with? Like they beat the Clipper once. That's good. But the Clippers then rattle off like six out of the last seven, so so they're up there. The Lakers um, uh, are those like the two biggest challenges? Like, um, uh, do we need to see the Jazz perform against those teams um, uh, four times to get a real sense? Because uh, everybody else seems like even Denver seems like, yeah, maybe we got the monkey off our back in that one game, but things can change. But is Denver still um, uh, in the Jazz's way? Well, like much like Jared, you don't want to peak. You don't want to peak and go too early. So you want to just. We don't want it. We don't want this to happen too fast. You need to just concentrate, stay focused, keep your eyes on the prize, steady, steady, heavy breaths, and everything will be fine. Uh, that's it. That's the only part that like makes me nervous. Is like we're peaking at the beginning of the season, or we're or not. Maybe not peaking. Maybe this is the new Jazz that like we're a good team. I don't know. Um, but it's that. That is the part that makes you a little bit nervous, and and that's. What, what, what's also interesting is like the regular season is so funky and weird compared to what the playoffs are like. We've talked about this before, how we kind of like the, the back-to-backs against the same team because that's what you simulate in the playoffs. So, uh, I mean, if you catch a, if you catch the Nuggets with the odds stacked against some of the Lakers, it's I don't know, it's not really a true a true test. I don't really have an answer. I just walked around <laughs> in circles for a while because I just wanted to make an inappropriate innuendo. So I don't, I don't think I said, I think I said a lot of words, but didn't say anything like Bill Walton said, don't act, don't mistake activity for achievement. 
<laughs> right. <laughs> I think that's where I'm at. No, I think I mean, okay. Yes, have, um, uh, like I mean, ten wins in a row. I mean, you get you got to be good to win ten in a row. But um, or any of these ones like a tr- did any of these games like really test the Jazz? You think? <sighs> Well, um, yes, I think. Let me let me see if I can calm Logan's fears or concerns because <laughs> I have the same concerns, right? One, I two, mean, three. It must be a jazz fan thing to like just right. always think, oh, when is it going to fall apart, right? <laughs> and like, when, when is when is Donovan going to leave us? No, I'm just kidding. Um, <laughs> but there's, I think, you know, us. I can only speak from what we talk about in K, at the KSL studios and who's been there. We talk about it with Jeremiah Jensen and like Sam Farnsworth and all these guys and Maclade and before the games, I always try to bring up and talk to the guys about like what do you want to see the Jazz improve on this game? Like what what's something that they need to show this game? Um, throughout the season for so far in this ten game uh, win streak, you know we've seen the Jazz come up from behind. We've seen the Jazz eke out a win. Um, I remember one time saying. Like, you know, I really want to see Jordan Clarkson take a step and he ends up dropping 20 or something like that. The game before or something like that. And, um, now he's walking on water. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) JC. Yeah. He's, uh, turning, uh, all the jazz hopes into wine right now. The, uh, (laughs) the, the, the fact that I don't know that we have a streak so early in the season is concerning, but, um, the Jazz have beat the Nuggets, right? The Jazz have beat uh, the Bucks. The Jazz have beat, you know, the Spurs and the Clippers. Like, you know, traditional Western foes that, like, the Jazz, you know, will drop a couple games against. Like, they've been winning and winning those games pretty well. And I think, I think there is a test that needs to come up next. And I think it does have to be like the Lakers or or. You know, I would say the Nets, like, I think it's a super team. I think it's a, a super team that's long and and athletic that gives the Jazz problems. And I think the next step is to see how the Jazz do against a team like that. Um, yeah. The Jazz, uh, the Jazz, um, well, you know, we hit February in like four days. So the February schedule is not easy for the Jazz. And so um, uh, we'll, we'll see those tests sooner than later. Um, yeah, what are they calling it on Twitter? They got some funny word for what death February is. What death is it? Uary, I think. Death Uary, D-E-A-T-H, death Uary. <laughs> yeah, so I, I'm, I guess we really will know more at that point. Yeah. Right. But I, Hammond's right. Like, I'm a, you know, like, the, the Jazz lost two of their top eight today, and I'm a, played well. The Jazz have, um, uh, the Jazz have come back. The Jazz have beaten teams that are, you know, the Mavericks are in the Western Conference race. So, so are the, the Mavericks, uh, so are the Nuggets. Uh, the Jazz beat one of the top teams in the East. So, yeah, th- these are, I mean, you know, the Jazz have beat the Warriors, who, you know, maybe they're not the Warriors of old, but they're, you know, they're still a Western Conference team that has, uh, you know, in recent history, owned the Jazz. Mm-hmm. Uh, and not only did they beat them, they beat them, you know, they were up by 40 before. The famed, you know, third unit, the, the guys 10 through 15, Twitter's favorite unit, uh, blew 20 points in the fourth quarter. So, uh, hi i'm mccoy hi i'm emily and we're the jazzy gals if you're looking for in-depth utah jazz basketball analysis this ain't it <laughs> but if you are looking to discuss how great rudy's beard looked this week jazz twitter crushes or other fun pop culture things you have come to the right place that's right and you can find us wherever you get your podcasts 
and also on Twitter at JazzyGalsPod. Go Jazz! Go Jazz! One thing that I think that, um, so this is kind of related to the stuff that Shaq talked about. Um, Donovan Mitchell, I feel like has been so steadily improving year after year. And you can even see the improvements game after game this year. Um, if you look at Shaq's critique of Donovan, like he only scores, what else does he do? Right. Um, Donovan Mitchell has noticeably, been dishing the ball out a lot better these past couple well past two games that he played in right he's been he's been doing really well distributing the ball and you know he's he was an all-star last year i think everyone's making progress and so it's just as the tests come for the jazz um we'll be able to get a better idea what these guys will look like in the postseason but um i'm pleased with how things are trending right now right Logan, Logan. Um, uh, so uh, the unfortunate thing for us is that we record usually Wednesday nights. We're right now only doing one, one podcast a week, so our our episodes are released sometime Thursday, and the Pelicans game happens Thursday, and that TNC stuff. We haven't had a chance to talk about this in a week. It's old news now, but oh man, uh, sorry guys. I no, 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 I, no, no. <laughs> we were going to bring it up anyway, but um, I just found Logan like him. Yeah, but sometimes our schedule is detrimental to us, and maybe we should record more, but. Um, you know, we heard the comments. Everybody knows what it is. Uh, what kind of criticisms do you think um, uh, are fair or not fair? Well, I, I first of all, I, I it's no secret who you know. I'm not a big fan of Kazam. Um, I've, never, <laughs> I've I've never been a big fan of his, and I was really I was really bummed when they brought him to the TNT crew because again, mm. people made a lot of good points. TNT was never, you know, Charles was. And I give credit to Mark for pointing this out on his podcast, but he, he said it very clearly. Chuck is good because he's he's doing his off the cuff thing. The problem is they got two guys doing that; it doesn't always play well. And I, you always get the impression from Kazam that he's trying too hard. Um, when the so I'm a, so I, I've got a couple weird points on this, but he the the first Rudy thing was just kind of weird. I'm like, let's stop giving him attention. Like, let's just leave it alone. Like, just don't do that. That's exactly what. Then it came yeah. up again, and it got weird. And you're like, okay, this weird. is super weird. Then the Donovan thing came up, and it was super weird. Okay, and like it was, it seemed unnecessary. And like the, what he did in the, the post game interview was one of the most unprofessional, ridiculous things I've ever seen. I, I don't understand that. I don't understand how TNT thought that was fine. I don't understand how the NBA thought that was fine. I'm not the first one to say this, but it is very bizarre that in the NBA, it's the only sport where the old heads of the guys they pay to talk about the game continually talk down the players that are playing now. You, this, the NFL, they they guard the shield with their life. Mm-hmm. And in baseball, if some old guy pops off about you know, Fernando Tatis once they talk about him being the old crazy get off my lawn guy, but the NBA readily and happily employs these guys to do this. And, and, and it's maddening. So Shaq, sorry, Kazam. So that's worse than saying the F word. Is, so he, he's, he, he's in his own lane. He, he, what he's doing is ridiculous. He's absurd. I, he's finally got my rage. He, he, he finally earned it. I was trying to play it off. The thing that there was a couple like misconceptions I didn't want to pick off because as jazz fans tend to do, they tend to start to slide things that, and take it a step further. Because it wasn't just Shaq. Kenny said some things. Charles right. said some things. And then, well, they go too far as they, I heard some people say, well, Kenny just made up this, this six-point spectrum of, of, of superstar. No, he didn't. If you've watched the show, Kenny Smith's standard for superstar has always been higher. He's always had the same. He, he, this, this model he has, whether you believe it or not, it's not new. He didn't invent it for Donovan Mitchell because they were talking about this. And I've always agreed with Kenny on this. The level, the difference between superstar and all-star is, is different. 
And in my mind, there's only like, <laughs> I'd have to get a piece of paper and look at it. But there's only a handful of true superstars. So again, this is just me cleansing, cleansing myself from all the shenanigans I've seen. So again, you may not agree with Kenny. That's been around for a while. He's, he's, he's had that for years. The, the, then I saw the stuff that, that Charles hates the jazz. And because we beat him so often that Charles always hated us. No, in, in, in the 08 Williams Boozer era, he loved the jazz. He was always talking up the jazz. He was always building up those teams. Now, was he, were they idiots lately with the things they've said? For sure. But like those two guys, like just don't, don't take just what said was said then and, and kind of just twist it to meet your narrative. It's like the Woj stuff, mm-hmm. like, which is going to lead me to my last point. Jazz fans, you want, you want the national attention. Guess what national attention is in the NBA? It is criticism. Mm-hmm. That's what the NBA does. Every, LeBron James, Kevin Durant, they're constantly that, – that's, that's, that's the model for NBA marketing as far as news goes. It's criticism. It's never overwhelming love. That's the, it's, it's some weird marketing campaign the NBA has. or I don't know if it's intentional, but that's, that is what national attention means for an, an, an NBA basketball team. It's not like the NFL where they will build up Brady and build up the rest of them to where they're, they're untouchable. The NBA does it. That's what it is. I mean, everyone, for everyone says that ESPN loves LeBron James. They also just run him into the ground for the other 23 hours of the show with their various things. So, I mean, if, if this is what you get. This is what NBA attention is. And so, is that what you really want? Those are those. That's it. I've exercised my demons. I'm crossing myself Careful what you wish for. Wonder Woman 84. So, to speak of that, because I... We said when, um, uh, we'll say Kazam. When Kazam said to Donald, it was really awkward, right? Because... It felt like to me. It felt like um, he was trying to joke, like he's like basically, you know, or apologize, saying, "Hey, uh, this is what I said at halftime. You proved me wrong." But instead of like manning up and saying that, he tried to play it off like, "I want you to hear it. I want you to hear that. What are you gonna say to that?" You know, and um, you know, Don, Don, I'm being Don, just like that's what I like about it because like it was a very chill answer, like cool story, bro. Like yeah, whatever, cool story. Like what do you want me to say? Let's move on because. You're not the first. You're not the last to say it, man. So cool. Um, but I, I want to take it because I'm a there, there's a, a jazz fan slash Ute fan slash golf fan. I think um, a friend of the podcast. He's a, he's a, for, uh, a former guest. He got I want to say he got bullied off Twitter uh, because he said something to the effect of like Shaq isn't wrong about it. Like Don um, uh, is primarily a scorer, but he does need to do a lot more to like you know reach the echelon that um, uh, Logan just talked about. And Sarah, Sarah said it on our podcast a few weeks ago. Yeah, yeah like I mean, I, I I've been pretty steadfast in saying that I think Donovan is, you know, a top whatever player, but he's not in that same level. He's not the top seven, you know. He's not even at the Dame level, which is I think tier two. I think he's in a tier that you know he needs some help. Uh, you know, being that third tier is not bad, but it's it's different than being you know it's not LeBron James. LeBron James, Giannis, Kevin, those guys are in a different tier. That's that's just how it is. Um, oh, that doesn't right. mean that you know Donovan, who 23, 24, can't get there. He's just not there yet. And uh, you know, I think it's fair. And I think I, I, you know, we should ask Tanner to come on or the Twitter user to come on and um, uh, talk about like what he meant too. But you know, people, you know, jazz fans being you know as insecure as we we talked about as they are really attacked that. Uh, what were you gonna say, Emma? Oh, I was just gonna just I'm just gonna add like what. What it boils down to with Kazam is uh, he's just <laughs> lazy. That's all it is. Like honestly, he's he does he didn't have like the statistics or the numbers to like back up his criticisms, but he knows that they're there, right? And their criticisms 
that are fair that we all know about, and I'm pretty sure Donovan knows about, right? Um, I think he just, he's, I don't know. I think he's, uh, Kazam's just not as prepared as the other guys to talk about talking points. And then on the other hand also is if he was joking around with Donovan, he just doesn't have the charisma to kind of pull it off. No, yeah. Like it's, it's not, it's, you know, I don't think I agree with Logan. I don't think that Shaq or like, uh, or Charles, Charles, I don't think they hate the jazz. I really, I think they honestly like, especially Donovan Mitchell. Um, and I just think that, you know, it was just a weird fumbling of like them trying to do something and it just was half-assed right? and it came out like that. I think that's what it really was. Um, so I, I, and I don't want to say that like Donovan, you know, is all of a sudden dishing the ball a lot better now because of Shaq's comments. No, I think Donovan knows that he needs to improve on these areas of his game that keep him from being perfectly well-rounded. Um, but I just think that it's, you know, we're noticing it more because of the things that Shaq said, which like Logan, uh, to Logan's point, is a good thing. Like Shaq bringing up criticisms brings light to the jazz. And hey, the more they talk about the jazz, the better. Yeah, Charles, I'm, uh, I mean, Charles did induct Jerry Sloan into the Hall of Fame. And Charles, you know, just two weeks ago was yelling at Shaq saying Rudy Gobert would be blocking Shaq some uh, uh, shots into the front row, hurting little kids. <laughs> and his own Charles Barkley way. So, uh, yeah, I mean, again, I mean, this is the national. I mean, everybody gets mad because, you know, the Jazz beat the Warriors by 20, and all the stories are about Steph breaking Reggie Miller, some uh, three point record or whatever. And um, the Jazz beat the Pelicans twice, and it's like, oh, look at this Zion dunk or whatever it was, you know, or Zion has 30 points in a 30 point loss to the Jazz or whatever it was, you know? So, I mean, I, I do get, you know, there, there's reasons for, but honestly, you know, a win's a win's a win. And the Jazz have won 10 in a row. And eventually, you, you're going to get some of that praise. But again, you know, as Logan said, you're going to get the criticism that comes along with it. Uh, once you're at the top of the mountain, everybody wants to see, you know, everybody wants to see you fail, right? Like, I, I can guarantee you that there are 28 small markets out there who don't care that the Jazz are number one, you know? They're like, oh, the Jazz are Jazz are top of the West. Cool. Let's see how long like they're just waiting for the Jazz to lose a game to oh the Knicks, you know, and maybe not, who's bad? The Pistons, you know. So uh, they're just waiting for for that um uh, for for Olympus to fall. So uh, we won't yeah. see the Knicks again till the NBA Finals. So I'm good. I'm <laughs> 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 um, buying those stocks the- now. <laughs> I'm buying. I'm, yeah, exactly. Nick, I'm buying that. I'm, that's the Buy same as, as the Jinkos and the um, GameStop. Yeah, the Jinkos. Who has higher stock, the GameStop Dude, or, that, or the Knicks? That 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 those Knicks teams of the late like the late '90s, early 2000s are awesome. The Camby, Camby, Sprewell, Houston, Larry Johnson, Charlie Ward. Yeah, those are all, those are awesome teams. <laughs> um, Nothing well, at all so to well, do with well, what you're talking about. <laughs> right. right. We we um uh, we sort of brought this up like I'm uh, as, as far as that concern for the Jazz, there is somebody that we were concerned about, and this is something that I know I've been beating the drum about, and um, uh, feel free to jump on if you happen to. But like, we haven't seen the trio of Boyan, Mike Conley, and Donovan Mitchell all work together and look good for an extended period of time together. Uh, last year there was a big injury, right? You know, like um uh, the Jazz didn't have point guard last year. Donovan had to morph into point 
Donovan last year. This year, not so much. Like Mike Conley has been playing so well that Donovan is just doing like yeah, Donovan brings the ball up, but like he's not the point guard. He's the shooting guard. Mike Conley is that is that steady force you said. Um, but we haven't really seen Boy, and I know there's an injury, so maybe it's an injury thing. But uh, I'll ask you something to him first. Like the concern with Boyan, what do you think here? Ah, uh, the concern with Boyan. Um, I mean, it's it's when he takes the ball into the paint. <laughs> I think it's. <laughs> I feel like his percentage. I don't know what the what the numbers are, but the eye test. I'm like, God, he's not gonna try and lay it up again, is he? Is he gonna go for another reverse layup, like left handed reverse layup? Like, I don't, I don't want Bogey to do that. Right. But you know, we obviously all want him to shoot. We want him to shoot threes. We want him to make them. Okay. But I don't see a problem with what he's doing now if that leads to Boyan being able to run the pick and roll from where he's at, right? From the wings. Like, if he can get better at navigating that part of the game, I would love to see um, the Jazz be able to do that from different points of attack, right? Including right. Boyan's. Um, so... It sucks right now because he's terrible at the rim, and it's not fun to watch. It's not good to look at. Like, he's so <laughs> unathletic looking <laughs> Like when he gets to the rim. Um, but, you know, if that's if that's a step in the evolution of his game, like, that would be great. Um, but, yeah, I don't know. That's my my complaint with Bogey right, right. now. Because, like, like, last year, Bogey, that, that was his necessity, right? We didn't have uh, Mike Conley. And they needed, they needed a second dynamic scorer and Boyan for that role. Um, but this year, Mike's got the ball. Joe Ingles still, I mean, Joe Ingles ran the pick and roll against the Mavericks beautifully. He had like seven assists to Rudy Gobert, I want to say, out of his eight. Uh, yeah, Jordan Clarkson's yeah, going to have the ball a lot. Mm-hmm. Uh, Donovan, um, Logan, I'm, uh, what are your concerns here? Because I, I know that you want to talk about Boyan here. Yeah, I mean, the like a teenage boy, the boners have been erratic. Like it just hasn't been consistent at all. And I think I think we, he's been more impotent than more often than we would like to see him be. Um, th- that's the thing is, is like I think there's something to be said for the injury. I get that, and I'm, I'm not I'm not questioning that there may still be some lingering issues. I mean, to not if, if the if the if the rumors are true that he didn't touch a basketball for eight months, that's that's very. I, I don't blame the guy for not being back into shape. Um, as far as you know getting his rhythm down. But I do, I think there's something to be said for what you kind of touched on who I thought we talked about a lot. We've never seen them all be good together. Um, and, 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 and he was, he was great last year on a team that was wildly inconsistent. And I don't want to take the step to say that he's the, he's the Jeremy Grant Sharif. <laughs> Someone's got a score situation, but what I'm saying is someone had to score those points and, you know, someone had to do those things. And, and what I'm saying now is, I get, perhaps we have to readjust our view, even when healthy, what we expect from him. Because if Connolly is being Connolly and all of our pieces are, if, if, if these guys are all doing exactly what they're supposed to, Joe is being Joe, Don is being Don, JC's being JC, if they're all doing everything they're going to, you're not going to get 20 points a game from Bohan. I just don't think you're going to. And so perhaps it's just a matter of us adjusting our expectations from what last year was. Uh, and so that's that, 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 that's what I was trying to get at. And I don't think it came across quite as well last week when we, we, I tried to broach the topic a little bit. It's not about him being a bad player, but he was, he, 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 he was, he was good on a very erratic team and it doesn't mean he can't still contribute to us. He's not a valuable part of the future, but is, I, I, I don't, 
it just it doesn't seem possible you can get that same version of somebody and have these other guys be as good consistently, if that makes sense. Right, right. Like, um, uh, like we're kind of talking about a role change for Boyan, right? Like, you, you mentioned all the, you forgot to say Royce being Royce, right? Like, Royce, Royce has been really good. Right, Royce yeah, Royce, really but Royce is, I mean, a bit besides the game against uh, the Knicks where he just went absolutely crazy, Royce isn't really playing outside of his game, so to say. Like, the game plan for Royce is to find the corners, find open spots on the three-point line, catch and shoot. Bojan Bogdanovich does not know how to catch and shoot. Like, if you go back and watch the play where Donovan baseball passes it back out to him, like, instead of catching and shoot, he took a dribble and then shot the ball. Like, I mean, I mean I'm mean, i glad he made it because that was a hell of a pass that we would have lost if he if he missed it. But um, Bojan, and, and just quite, like, he's really good at that dribble, sidestep shot. But um, it feels like last year, you know, Boyan was being asked to run the pick and roll, run the stuff, um, you know, be the, the second ball handler, be the guy that, you know, when Donovan's off or tired or whatever, Boyan was the guy that to carry the load. But this year, it feels like the Jazz don't need that, that Boyan, right? The Jazz need a guy who, like Royce, finds the corners, uh, finds spots to be open, catches, shoots, you know, take a dribble shoot as long as it gets up before the defender gets there. Um, I don't know. Because here's the thing, like when Boyan signed, Boyan was not the first choice for the Jazz, right? The, the Jazz had a different plan uh, that involved Miritich that we, he- we heard that Miritich was the plan A and that fell through, so they went and got Boyan. And Indiana, you know, he, he was a leading scorer for Indiana that year. They didn't feel too heartbroken about, m- most guys that I, I know in Indiana didn't feel that heartbroken about losing Boyan. And I don't want to diminish what Boyan is doing, but this is also, Logan's jokes about, you know, Royce, People hating Royce because of his contract because you know he's making a little, a little money, but Boyan's kind of in that area now, like where he's, uh, you know, if you take away Rudy and he's the fourth highest paid player on the Jazz. Um, yeah, uh, I mean, I mean, is there a role for Boyan somewhere like that fits him better, that where he can handle the ball more? Because it's not the best role because JC's going to need the ball and has, has a lot, so. Yeah, I, th- I think I think Bogey's role has changed, but I don't think it's it's I don't think it's changed from like the philosophy of why they brought him in in the first place, right? Like last year, like you were saying last season, um, we needed like volume from him because we didn't have enough scorers out there. Well, now I think this is what I think. This is my personal opinion of Bogey's role. I think I think we just need like three or four threes from him a night and then to be able to pass the ball <laughs> to like, he's just got to spread the floor. Right? right. I think that's, I think that's what he's supposed to do now. And, um, it drives me crazy too. Like you were saying who, when he like, sometimes he'll catch the ball and dribble into coverage to shoot. <laughs> and it's like a contested three, but, uh, I, we, we just need him to shoot from outside. I think that's what it is. I think, you know, he should, he can't, I don't want to see him doing the thing that Donovan does, where if he's cold from the arc, to, that Donovan would just drive, right? He just drives to make something happen. I don't want Bogey, Bogey to do that. I want him to shoot from the arc, and if he's cold, pass it. That's all I want from him. Because <laughs> like his grab, like him being out there, there's gravity too important. Like the Jazz offense yeah. is spaced better when Bogey's out there because like you can't leave him open. You just, you just can't. Because like I'm, uh, you know, if you do nine times out of ten, he's gonna he's gonna drain that shot because. He is that talented. You can't just leave him. He's a, he's a quality NBA player. So, um, you know, it's, it's going to be one of those interesting contracts that 
we see for the Jazz, like him, uh, I want I want to see if he can go into this like third option role or uh, maybe not be you know a primary focus or a secondary focus, just a guy that is a decoy a lot of times, and then when he gets a shot, like Royce is a decoy, and then when he gets a shot, he'll take a shot. So um, it, it'll be interesting to see if Boyan gets there. If there's an injury, then it's nice to know that you have a boy on that um, uh, hopefully can score again. So, again, I try not to slide a boy on because I like the guy a lot. I like the player a lot. So um, It's like, I, it's like we're, we're, we're all, the three of us are in each other's heads so much that we're like even wearing the same jazz pod co-op shirts. Hashtag <laughs> jazz pod co-op. Uh, get on DJ Honeypaw's website and buy a t-shirt. Where, what? Um, Ooh, that's so, a plug. Yeah, what website yeah. is that? Is I don't know what it is. Uh, is. Is it what? Do you want this.com? Do you, do you want this dot com? We'll, we'll, we'll plug it somewhere. Just just go look, just go just go find DJ. She'll have her stuff up there. But, DJ, who, but she's a big fan of Kazam, though. Yeah, she loves Kazam, but that's fine. They're Louisiana folks. It's different. It's like why <laughs> we have we have like that. It makes sense. She gets an, a pass because of the the growing up together, being best friends, and him teaching her how to ride a bike, and all those all those stories. He, he taught her. She taught him how to make a pizza. And got him in the Papa John's line. It's a long, deep, rich history. Um, but, anyways, back to Bohan. I think that what well, I think you guys hit it right in the head. What's ironic is I think what we what we wanted him for uh, when we got him in the in that off season and off season to go was was it wasn't what he was last year, right? So it's it right. is it is interesting. I think we like Hemma said we we just need him to do what we originally brought him in for, and it's just so ironic because our expectations just went through the roof because of what he did last year. But I don't think anyone expected that. But you're right. It's nice to have the firepower when someone's hurt or just when it's his night to go off. But, you know, it, it, it's great to have. It. I'm just saying I think that perhaps as fans, we need to adjust our expectation as to what we, you know, back to what it should have been a year ago. It's just he, he had that he had that streak where like, oh, this guy's going to give Don a run for his money, which is not true. <laughs> right. Thanks for listening to this episode. Also, thanks to our Utah sponsors, the Off-Broadway Theater in downtown Salt Lake and the Great Room Escape in Layton, Utah. If you have a second, please leave us a five-star review on Apple Podcasts and all other podcast platforms. It helps us podcast out, and we will enter all written five-star reviews into a drawing for free tickets to either the Off-Broadway Theater or the Great Room Escape. Just write a five-star review, and you'll be entered to win. So before we get into our last segment, some uh, first of all, I want to say we got a new review, January nineteenth, so a week ago, from Trav L. Cox. I think I know who this is, but um, uh, uh, he said this the, the Jazz podcast is very good. Uh, you should listen to this podcast. These guys love the jazz, and their podcast is equal parts valuable insight and hilarious banter. Great show. Thank you, Trav L. Cox, um, uh, for that review. Uh, I'm a little sad because I, I want it to be something like um. Uh, this podcast is the best ever, and this podcast will never lose a game again. That's what I was really hoping to say. But uh, it, sounds, it, it sounds like Travis has got your elevator pitch there to plug the other podcast. You're looking for what you need to put in. Just just cut that out and give it to the rest of them. You said it right yeah, there. Yes, I should. Uh, um, I will say this, though. Um, we we have a contest. Uh, I, we've been running contests for a year. I'm going to go see if I find whoever left these user comments, and you either win some tickets to um, uh, the theater or the escape room or – Maybe I'll just buy you a Jazz Co-op T-shirt and send it to you. So um, uh, that, that, that's a good way to go there. Or underwear. And, and, or underwear, yeah. Thongs. I did ask for some thongs. Hema, so first of all, uh, who is your daddy and what does he do? Uh, <laughs> what do you my do? daddy. It's Carl Malone. Carl Malone. Uh, <laughs> no, uh, 
TJ. No, no, no. It's Carl Malone is everybody's daddy. Uh, no, my dad is. Uh, so my name is Hemahim Muli. My dad's Lakehim Muli. He uh, played for BYU, and I'm, uh, he was on the '84 team. Uh, so we're a big BYU family here. Um, and then he went on to play for the Bears um, for a little bit before retiring. Um, and yeah, that's so that's my dad. So that's a little bit of sports history uh, for you. I have a brother that um, played for Weber State, a brother-in-law that played at Weber State. Um, uh, hey, now we're oh, talking. Now we're yeah. talking. Great, great, great. <laughs> and, then, and then my youngest brother is currently playing at Stanford right now. He's a fullback over there. So. Um, yeah, big football family, big sports guys. I love it. Um, yeah. So thanks for bringing me onto the podcast guys. Anytime oh, I have yeah, a chance to talk uh, about sports. Love it. How long does your dad <laughs> play for the bears? Uh, he played for a couple seasons. He actually got, he signed with the bears when they drafted, um, Jim Harbaugh and I can share this story with you. This is kind of fun. Um, so this was, this would be in like, 86, I think. Um, so whenever rookies join a team or whatever, they have like a banquet or something um, before camp starts. And you've probably seen this before with like Julian Blackman and the Colts. He sang like a Michael Jackson song. Well, it's a pretty old tradition where like the rookies go up in front of everybody and they either perform a talent or they sing their school's fight song. Um, and since that season, it was just my dad and Jim McMahon. They were the only, um, sorry, not Jim McMahon, Jim Harbaugh. Did I say McMahon at the beginning? You said you Harbaugh. Said Harbaugh. Okay. Yeah, you said a little bit both. <laughs> no, it was Jim Harbaugh. So, uh, um, so Jim Harbaugh and my dad, um, they were like talking before they had to go sing and they were like, okay, let's do the blues brothers. Right. It's, it was a big movie around that time. They were going to do the whole like singing and dancing of the blues brothers song. And, um, so uh, the music starts, Jim Harbaugh gets out there and starts dancing and lip singing to the music, and he looks to his left, and my dad is gone. My dad <laughs> absolutely ghosted Jim Harbaugh at the rookie dinner, and he, like, left and, like, went home. He's like, I'm not doing this. And, uh, yeah, that's a, that's a story that someday if I ever see Jim Harbaugh, I'm going to tell him. <laughs> could, have, could, could have happened to a better guy. <laughs> um, so, uh, I worked with Hema, and um, it was funny because like um, uh, I started working with Hema. I mean, I've worked there for a few, but like I'm actually full time with Hema now. And one day, Hema goes, "Hey, this a uh, Dragon Squatch guy," um, uh, and asked me how I knew how I knew Logan. I told him that we used to be lovers. And, um, used to be. Was like it's very yeah. graphic. <laughs> it was very graphic. I was like, oh yeah, he's really funny. I was like, oh yeah, I, I think Logan will appreciate that. And either last week or two weeks ago, Logan was like, hey, do you think Hemel will be on the podcast? I'm like, I, you know, we talked about it. I'm sure he would be. So um, uh, you know, here it is. That's how this is born. So, um, dreams come, dreams come true. <laughs> like like as the, as the Jazz gals hit, you know, he is my Twitter crush, and he's right here. I'm staring, I'm staring right into his face. You can, same you follow, dude, same. You can follow him. He even, got, uh, he even got his muscle shirt on and everything. <laughs> this is just how I dress. That That's just a regular shirt that um, uh, he's too oh. big for. <laughs> one of my shirts. Um, uh, so Hema, um, uh, you can follow him. Uh, you know, be be a Twitter crush of Hema uh, at x underscore hems h e m s. Mm-hmm. Yes. Yeah, so, 
Um, uh, this is my memory. Um, I have to know everybody's a title there at KSL. Um, so, um, uh, Hema, um, uh, you, you know, you're, you're a great graphic artist. Like, you, know, you put a lot of really fun social stuff out there. Some inappropriate jokes sometimes that might get you in trouble. <laughs> I'm already on a, on, a, I'm on a short leash at KSL. <laughs> like, well, so I'll tell the story. Like, I do a lot of questionable things to get fired uh, at my job. <laughs> what did I do this week? Uh, so the Royal Rumble comes up this Sunday, and what do I do? I bring in my own TV to put into our like little man cave that we have, where Hem and I, um, where Hem and I edit some stuff for for the newscast or whatever. And we don't get to like the, the the funny thing about being a sports producer is that the dirty secret is that sometimes you don't even get to watch the games. Like um, uh, you're in there, you're editing for eight hours. Um, we um, uh, we um, excuse me, for eight hours. We don't have access to the games sometimes. So, uh, like, I'm, I'm watching jazz games by editing them um, later. So it's uh, it's, it's very weird. Um, but I, I brought in the TV, and then we set up my PS4 to hook to the, to the Internet. I hope I really hope nobody can tell this is this. <laughs> <laughs> and so, uh, like, we, we get hooked to the Internet, and then we're able to watch Royal Rumble 2020 while we're editing Monday, which was really good. A really good show. Um, and so, anyway, the, my boss came in a little bit later, and he goes, "Hey, what's going on here?" And like, we had set it up like we we had some, we have these like old tube TVs in there, so we made one of those like a desk to put a flat <laughs> TV on there. And he's like, "Wow, this is pretty ingenious that you guys did there." And he's like, "What are you guys doing?" And we're like, "Uh, gonna watch the Royal Rumble on Sunday." <laughs> But he seems to be pretty cool with it, so um, you still, I, you, I hope you, you, you still got my login. I I do actually. <laughs> He's I'm gonna, gonna change that, that password this weekend. Yeah, sure. exactly. <laughs> oh, anyway, I, I, I'm not I fired yet. So, that um, uh, but, um, is that true? Yes, W E N P. I mean NBC and W E um, uh, there. So Jared, of course, um, uh, rumbles in here um, uh, without me introducing him. It's uh, Jared Barker at Golden Citizens Forty Nine. What's up, Jared? Hey, not much, man. How you doing? Uh, well, you, you're just in time for our third. This is where our fun segment. This is where we like talk nonsense. Dragon Squash, Logan Cox here. He put out on Twitter. Uh, we'll go to you last, Jared, because um, we've all been thinking about it already. Yeah. yeah. Dragon Squash, who is the most hated jazz man? Yeah, I just uh, what, what inspired this was a backwards way of thinking, and I'm just I, I'm obviously a flawed individual, but I saw Ricky Rubio's face. And I immediately, I, I immediately thought, like, there is this under this overwhelming love for Ricky Rubio. And I thought to myself, well, let's put a little question out there and say, who do we hate? I don't necessarily hate Ricky Rubio, but he inspired hate in my heart, which is really weird. So I, I, put, I put it out there, and I think we got kind of like our – like, we're, we're almost at the Mount Rushmore where we've got – there's the obvious ones, which are like, you know – well, 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 don't do the, don't do the Mount Rushmore yet. I, I want to hear your thought on, on who you thought who who you hate the most, and we'll, then we'll finish with the Mount Rushmore. Oh no, I mean I, I I love the I love the weird ones. Like I was like before we got on, I told you I love the guy who hated Curtis Borchard because he had bad feet. <laughs> the Great White like, Hope, man. Uh, the Great White yeah, Hope. I mean, the, 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 there are some <laughs> obvious ones, but honestly, this That's is not going to be popular at all. But my least favorite jazz player of all time is none other than AK forty seven. 
I, I don't. I've, I've never liked AK. I was, nice. and you know this. You, you've known me for years. I thought he was overrated. Mm-hmm. Everyone, everyone gave him a pass all the time. He was soft when it was time to get to, to when the push came to shove. And I just, I, I just don't like him. And I never got past that. Like I just, I, I know that I'm wrong. I know there's a million reasons why people can show me why I'm incorrect in this, but it's the way I felt about him from the beginning. And I've never let it go. He's he yeah. is my most disliked, and and this is this this goes back, you know. It, it, this this hate is old enough to drink. I've hated him that long, <laughs> you know. So it's and you're wrong because he hit a three pointer to beat the Houston Rockets. He cried, got a back tattoo, has a hot wife that gives him a, a hot pass, and um uh, he has a cool nickname. Um uh, wait, I'm gonna tell us about what that nickname uh, that tweet that you got for about the. Oh the yeah, yeah, nickname. you're right. That's the the, the one guy. Uh, his name his handle is at njp. BJ uh, tweeted out AK AK 47 has the best nickname complete opposite of PG 13. And that's so nuanced and deep when you really think about it. Like that was like one of the best tweets I've ever seen. Cause it was like when you at face value, like, Oh, that's, that's like, Oh my God, he's right. Because like Paul George thinks he's cool, but PG 13 movies are not cool. So, and they're not hard and they're not awesome. So I, it was just that you know, I'm glad you pointed out. Cause that was one of the best tweets. I've seen it a yeah, long was, time. Uh, yeah, I, I thought oh, that's very clever. Like it's one of those tweets. I'm like, oh man, that's really clever. Why can't I be that clever? Am I that clever? Why did I tweet that out? Uh, Hema, um, uh, so we told you this in a pre-meeting. What um, uh, did you come up with the player that you thought was the greatest Jasmine? Oh man, there's so many different ways you could go on this that it's hard <laughs> to choose one jazz player that I just <laughs> one. <laughs> so let me give you sure a couple. Okay. Um, so I'm gonna start with. The one that everyone pretty much hates, right? Cantor. Like, I think that's... that's <laughs> the other Cantor. Yeah. This, that's got to be on there, so I'm going to throw that out because everyone doesn't like that guy, right? Um, you, 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 get, you get granted a release from your club and then you just talk that club afterwards. Yeah, that, that guy sucks. So um, I'm going to go with one that I hate him because of a story that Jeremiah Jensen told me about him. And it's uh, Kirilo Fisenko. Um, wow! Yeah. Wow! <laughs> so, the way that Jeremiah tells it is that, um, so this guy, you know, moves to Utah, and obviously he's, like, not from here, right? He's from Europe or whatever, and um, so there's Montana. a lot of, there's, <laughs> there's a lot of culture clashing that happens. Well, Jeremiah Jensen told us that it's a fact that, um, Fez was so gross and sloppy that his like clothes would never get washed and like his he always ate pizza because it was like the only food that he could like order or something like that and just imagining this guy having the opportunity to play in the NBA and he's just a total and utter slob makes me hate him for some reason. It's, it's the opposite of Bojan. Totally. A- <laughs> <laughs> dude, Bogey, Bogey was breathing hot fire when he was. Uh, did you did it? Did we tell you that story? Um, you did. About, like uh, at his media day, he was like just drunk off his. Oh boy, spilling the yeah. tea here. Um, <laughs> like he was like super drunk at his media day. Yeah. So because like when him and and, and uh, Mike. Oh man, are we? Gonna, am I gonna get in trouble for this? No. When him and Mike had their presser in Vegas um, to introduce them. Jeremiah and like the KSL sports team went down there just a quick day trip to go record it. Right. And it, and it actually turned out to be a blessing because the feed went down that day. Do you guys remember that? Like it didn't, it didn't work or something like that. They didn't have a recording of it. And so 
we have like one of the only recordings and um jeremiah said that when they were up talking to him in like the media scrum his breath was probably 140 proof like it was just (laughs) crazy and Anyways, I digress because that's like kind of an off story. The real person that I dislike is uh, Carlos Boozer, and this is why. Oh. Um, because my my aunt, who's like wh- like like way younger than my dad and his brothers and stuff, she was a waitress downtown, and she waited like she was a waitress at like all these like fancy places, and every time Carlos Boozer came in, he would hit on her nonstop. Just nonstop trying to get in those pants. And he would even be there like with his wife. And like when her wife left, he would just start spitting game at her. Just super creepy. Dude's a super creep. And uh, that's why I don't like loser. I thought it was because he had it painted on hair. Um, so, so is your what? Do, what's your what's your aunt's contact info? Oh yeah. <laughs> what's her? I'll uh, I'll shoot you her uh, contact info. After this. Um, uh, all right, Jared. So um, uh, you got the contacts. Who is the most hated jazz man? Oh, Who is your hate most hated jazz man? That one for me is a slam dunk. The man who tried to supplant John Stockton, bro. Mark Jackson himself. <laughs> he's got to be on. He's got to be I freaking hate that guy. Uh, yeah. I hate I hate all the stories with the Warriors. Like we had Sarah Todd on, and she she didn't even spill half the tea with the, that went on with that team and his his healing sessions, quote unquote, or whatever. You know, where he tried to put hands on people. Heal. Yes. Oh, <laughs> like, like, like evangelical stuff. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Legitimately, this guy. This guy. Oh, I thought is, that was uh, a euphemism. No, 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 no. Uh, that, no, that guy is actually no. He's the preacher man from Eddie. Yeah, he, he's he's a straight up weirdo, man. There's a reason he doesn't have That's an NBA crazy. job. And these stories are like, most of them are like 100 percent verified. So there, there's there are so many reasons he doesn't work in the NBA as head coach. So uh, Mark Jackson and Andre Kimmel overlap. I mean, those guys threw out with each other a lot. Like I mean, those, that, those two had a connection, so um, it worked out well that they they both made it. So Logan. Um, I'm guessing well, the, who's who's your most hated? Who's yeah, you didn't say yours. Oh, right, uh, very easy. Carlos f***ing Arroyo. I hated that guy so much. <laughs> hated him so much. I'm beeping you out. Don't worry. But I hated him so much. Make it make a damn layup, Carlos. I mean, uh, this is a guy that thought he was so much better than he was because he was just like. He was, hey, you know, that's Richard good, Rubio's best buddy, man. What are you, what are you, you hating? Know, good, for, good for Carlos. Good, you know, he's, he's, He's punching above his weight, um, like he did his whole career. So I mean, the guy had like one good Olympics, got signed to a contract with the Jazz, had a, like decent stats or whatever. But like he thought he was, he thought he was like the real deal. And I was like, like he he, he blew so many layups. Oh man, that Jazz team. I I, I may be like PTSD right now. I'm uh, thinking. Yeah, him and Ricky Rubio have good synergy. Then smoking layups is what they do. Oh, well, that's that's how it goes. Um, Ricky Ruber never brought that ire out of me, but then again, <laughs> that's that's what I actually had ire for the, the Jazz fire, fire desire. So, uh, I'm Carlos, guessing Carlos, the, Carlos Arroyo will be popping that Puerto Rico team Puerto Rico jersey. I can still see it in my brain. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I'm guessing Hayward catcher Mark Jackson. Who who was on the Mount Rushmore of most hated? Well, I, mean, I mean, I don't know. I mean, I think I think Jackson and Fisher are, are firmly planted oh, on there. Sure. 
Right, right, right. And then well, I yeah, don't know. You did say accepting uh, Derek Fisher in here. Yeah, so, I mean, I, I think Fisher and Jackson seem to be overwhelming favorites. I mean, there's, there, there's a lot of Cantor. There's a lot of Hayward. There's a lot of Boozer. Um, I don't know. It's, 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 it's hard to know who gets them out there. I, I, like I said, I love the, I love the random weird ones, too. And, I, and I'd forgotten how terrible Mark Jackson was, so it was good to see his name out there. I mean, I I find him so terrible just like his current his current job that I've already like there, he's just so bad at that that it makes me forget he was also the terrible guy who tried to ruin the Jazz from the inside out. But what about this? Is that is this is this a hot take uh, that um, Hayward shouldn't even be close to the Mount Rushmore of hated Jazz players? No, I I kind of agree with that because I mean. Sure, he didn't do the right thing by like, by you know, um, Gale. Yeah, but yeah. like, yeah. Well, other, other than that, he's kind of a nothing burger personality. So why does he inspire <laughs> hatred? Yeah, right. I, I get it. I, I think the hatred comes from like um, uh, like stories that come out about how much I like him and his family hated Utah. Right, like that's like, and the fact that like um, uh, the Jazz got literally nothing out of it when he left. Should have hurt the franchise a lot more than it did. Well, and, how how much they tried to sell us on him is probably what made people hate him so much. Like and that, this and guy that is, with no personality, no likability, <laughs> nothing, and they're, they're trying to sell him on uh, on us for seven years. Yeah, I mean, right. it took forever for him to be. Yeah, yeah. to actually be yeah. something. And the last yeah. year that he actually becomes something, he's like, "All right, I'm a dip." <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Yeah, no, Hayward bouncing didn't make me hate him. I hated him from the day he was drafted. <laughs> uh, and I wasn't alone. I, don't know, I can't remember who Jared connected me with. There's some other person who we've hated oh, from Dave, the beginning. Oh, Dave Wilbur. Hey, follow, yeah. follow him for Hayward hate. and Staber Hill at, at, at the Real Staber. Yeah, yeah, I, no, I, 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 I hated him, him from the beginning. He was another one. Again, I don't like to be force-fed anything. And add to Jared's point, they really gave us a heavy force-feeding of – of Hayward now and yeah, the no Jets, thank you. The Jets were uh, weird. Um, uh, they had no superstars. They have to you, you have to manufacture one at some point. So um, yeah, but, they, but they naturally went off uh, the assembly line straight from Indiana. So yeah, so, yeah I think I, I, to him to Hemma's point, I think I think that Hayward's wife probably belongs up there before he does. Um, <laughs> That's probably true with the with the Clover stuff and all the weird social media stuff she does. And oh man, but she gave us such good fodder when she was in Boston, man, and on the way out, and there were hey. so many jokes, all the jokes. Hey, Daddy, Daddy's happy. Daddy's always happy. <laughs> Daddy's not, always not happy. That one though, like the, yeah, I'm not even gonna go into the weird Celtics Twitter stuff about like when they're leaving and why they're leaving and Gordon being mad at her, quote unquote. <laughs> yep. Well, um, all right, cool. So uh, thanks for listening to the the third string of Jazz Podcast. <laughs> or um, uh, you know. We're the Elijah Hughes and Shaq Harrisons of the world in the podcast world. Hem, uh, where can they find you on Twitter? Uh, my handle is at x underscore hems, and uh, yeah, you can you can find me in all the Q and on um, posts. <laughs> <laughs> is, that, is that Chris Snatter stuff? Is that what you're talking about? <laughs> Questions but, and answers. <laughs> Questions and answers about Chris Snatter. I like it. Um, uh, uh, J-Rod, um, uh, uh, thanks for joining us for segment three. Uh, where should we go to, what are we seeing on your Twitter nowadays? Uh, well, recently I've been trying to figure out how to, how to convert this rant since I'm not going to be able to do it on here into, into tweets. 
Okay, good. Uh, <laughs> so, so, uh, feeling bad for Bradley Beal, it should not be a thing because he signed an extension. It's like, what the heck? Come on, guys, like, figure that out. Why do you why do you feel so bad for the, a guy that chose to take a lot of money to stay somewhere? I mean, sure they traded away his friend, but come on. Um. Uh, we will say that my judge, you were here in spirit for us uh, for the first because uh, um, uh, there was a lot of JC talk. Um, uh, and then yeah, we oh, I'm about, sure there was after that performance tonight. I'm sure there was. Oh no, we're talking about we're talking about um, uh, we're talking about religion. So um, that was <laughs> oh, the first Jesus uh, Christ, superstar. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so follow him at Forty Nine Logan Cox, Dragon Squatch. Um, uh, sir, before we go, Hema, give us a year between 1994. And uh, to current year. Oh, Jesus. A year. Uh, just pick a year. Is that what I'm doing? Yeah, from 94, from 94 on. Mm, 98. 1998. All right, Logan. Running like it's 98. We are, we are going to um, uh, retire the Nugget Pouch, but don't worry, folks. We are um, going to bring back some, bring something uh, called the Fat Curry Factory. <laughs> oh, I like it. I like oh, it. Oh boy, ninety-eight. Like ninety-eight's a bad year. Anyway, um, uh, the Fat Curry Factory. Um, uh, that's going to be in honor of uh, George Yang, second-round pick extraordinaire, uh, okay. the Fat Curry of Utah. We're going to talk about second-round picks of the, of the Utah Jazz from certain years, um, and what we remember about them. This is actually a really bad year. I haven't picked. <laughs> so, My bad. Uh, I think we already did this one once. 1998 was, uh, yeah, because 1998 was uh, so a year of the Jazz, you know, championship. So they had a very low pick. They picked someone named uh, Torre Braggs from Xavier University. He was picked um, uh, in the second round of the 1998 draft um, uh, at 57, it says here. Do you remember Torre Braggs at all, guys? Anybody? Uh, I can't say I do, man. Hema? Logan? No. Oh, I don't know anything about him, but... Uh... I'm going to go ahead and because he's so late in the first, we're going to go ahead and put Nazi Muhammad in the second. Yeah, I was going to say Nazi Muhammad which, is where we're going here. Because of, uh, which, when you look at his name, it feels racist. Like, am I wrong in thinking <laughs> that when I see Nazi Muhammad's name spelled out, it feels racist? Like, it doesn't feel. Oh, it feels, okay, then. It feels wrong. But he didn't, he didn't play for the Jazz. I'm, uh, I'm pretty sure he was traded. Um, uh, so he traded the Sixers for a future first round pick. And that pick turned out to be Quincy Lewis. So, um,. Uh, Come full circle here, Chrissy Lewis. Um, as a, as a jazz, Chrissy Lewis had a couple years as a jazz man. Like, I remember, like he's probably the starting small forward um, for a couple years. Uh, boy, I mean, I mean, it sucks with the jazz are like if you're when you're really good, when you're really good, your picks are just late. You know, your picks are super late, and it's hard to find someone. Like, you're just hoping to get somebody that will uh, that will just play, you know, rotational minutes for you. Yeah. Um, uh, and that's in there. Yeah, 99 through 2003, like Stockton and Moore were still there. Ultra Tag, Daniel Marshall. So, Quincy Lewis, um, uh, I don't know. You, do you have any fond memories about Quincy Lewis there, there Logan? Quincy Lewis is left handed, right? Uh, uh, no. Robert Cheney, maybe. The same person. I don't know. Calvert Cheney? <laughs> Calvert Cheney, Robert Cheney. <laughs> <laughs> I, I, I uh, vaguely, remember, I, I vaguely remember. Uh, he, he, he could be Morris Allman or anybody else. They're all the same people. Uh, <laughs> they, they, they didn't. They were all never, never too fantastic. So, I don't. Have, I, I, I don't still have, can't I believe have, we have Morris Allman truthers in the fan base, man. I've seen Morris Allman truthers on Twitter, and I'm like, guys, like he was never 
I mean, he was, he was a, a good... G League superstar, but in yeah. the league, he did nothing. He was basically Jimmer, so... Yeah, I mean, he, he he was delicious to look at, and his name sounded tasty, so I could get like the appeal of. <laughs> You're like he's an almond joy. Yeah, <laughs> I mean it's a it's a great it's a great name. Um, so for for Jared and him who are not looking at the this page, 1999, the Jazz had three first round draft picks. Can you name the three? So 1999. So Chrissy Lewis is one of them. Three first round picks in 99. 99. Yep. Um, I think that's- I think Kirilenko was already basically drafted. Uh, I, I could have sworn we had at least one draft in stash, and I can't think of a name. Um, is that the Carlos Arroyo year? That 99 draft? I don't think so. No, Carlos Arroyo came after. Oh, he's later. Yeah, he's um, uh, So 99, um, uh, you got to remember, there was, a, there was a championship game played that year. Uh, Logan has already mentioned this guy on the, on the podcast. Uh, the last first round draft pick of the Jazz that year was... Scott Padgett. Oh, barf. Mm. <laughs> no, AK was 99, too. AK was 99. AK oh, dang. Threw yeah. that out there, but didn't, didn't have a, a guess to stick. Yeah, yeah so um, uh, that's, a, that's the first fat Corey factor. We're, we're going to workshop that. Um, unfortunately, Torrey Braggs was not a not a good start for the fat Corey factory. Um, uh, but um, uh, we, we blame, appreciate George we, we blame Hammer for going 98. <laughs> I didn't know what I was picking, honestly. That's true. Why, why 98? Why, why was that the number you picked? Is that when Tupac died? I don't know. Okay. <laughs> I don't know. I just chose it. All right, folks. Um, uh, well, um, uh, I hope you guys listen to You guys didn't listen to the ad. We're running ads for other Jazz Pat, Pod Quap shows now, so um, uh, listen to those. those. Those are nice. The Jazz Girls did a really good one there. Um, and, um, uh, you know, I'm Who Transfer Man, uh, Who Transfer Man on the Twitter and the IG. We'll try to have some more shows. Go Jazz. I mean, again, Perfect 10 right now. Perfect10.com. Go check it out. Yeah. Don't go check it out because I don't listen on it. Bo Derek? It could be Bo Derek. I'm going to shoot uh, uh, this to this fat curry, uh, whatever thing that we're doing. Uh, Conley uh, haters now. Or last year, we're basically Rubio lovers that turned into Yang stance. That's there's a ninety percent overlap, guarantee it. <laughs> I didn't even know what you were saying there. Okay, um, uh, all right, folks. Um, uh, thanks for coming on. I, that's it. I, 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 that's it. <laughs> we'll see you guys next time. Bye. Kazam's ass. Kazam. <laughs> <laughs> what do you have to say about that? And I also thought she's great because she thought I was like 10 years older than I was like, how old are you? I'm like, uh, 36. She's like, I thought you were like in your 50s. I'm like, thanks. That's the vibe I'm trying to put off. Like, <laughs> That's my brand. She's like, you're 36. <laughs> <laughs>